93 meals in March and 90 in April. And here comes Johnny with the mail. Hey, what's cooking? Well, you just look and listen. Hey, good looking. Hey, 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 what you got cooking? How's about cooking something up with me? Oh, what's cooking, Roberta? What have you been up to lately? I just got back from my first real big international trip in a long time. I uh, went to Japan recently. Uh, sort of a fun, fun sort of thing. Um, I guess that's all we got cooking is that. It's, it's been sort of – it's weird because it's like I've I've been back in the States since last Friday. So I guess I've been in the States for a week now. How long were you there? Uh, Ten days. was there oh. from, from a – the crazy thing of the trip was uh, – and it's hard to explain because a lot of people don't quite – understand time zones as well as i do Mm -hmm. but i left on a tuesday got there on a wednesday and when i came back uh i actually left tokyo at around 6 p.m on the friday and got packed got back stateside around 3 p.m because i'm like a 10-hour flight uh back so it wasn't really uh it was kind of weird it's weird strange people that don't understand time zones and they're like oh that so that might that was probably the that was probably the thing that that tripped up a lot of my friends and not really so much me uh, was the 14 hour time difference. Yeah, yeah. D- definitely. Um, so I know you left and I saw, I was following you, I was stalking you on Twitter. No, actually it wasn't. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, but I, I post a lot of it publicly. Because I knew that that's what you had been doing. And to me, it sounds like, particularly for someone like yourself who uh, knows a lot about technology, is involved in technology, and also, um, as a fan of anime, um, mm-hmm. I thought that this trip would be definitely kind of very creative, inspiring to someone like yourself. For sure. Did you find things that you came across that just started making you think about maybe projects you want to work well, what on? What was interesting later? was I had uh, I got the luck of kind of going around the time uh, a friend of mine um, was performing. He had performed at a, uh, a chiptunes festival. It's kind of the reason I got there. But at the same time, he brought uh, a couple other artists with him. Uh, and I got to chat with a lot of those guys and kind of see some really interesting moments. And it it was interesting in the creative sense because going to Japan, um, it became very apparent. Because I like before I'd gone, I thought it was a documentary called Branching Paths, sort of talking about the indie video game scene in Japan and sort of the troubles and tri- you know uh, trials that those guys have. And as weird as it sounds, I enjoy Japan. I can see exactly what where creatives kind of get crushed there. Because it seems like it's a creative place. It seems amazing. But then you're in a subway st- train with surrounded by Japanese businessmen all wearing the exact same white shirt, the exact same undershirt, almost down to the exact same pants. Like It was like this weird thing of like the sea of just white and, and, and sort of normal dress shirts. And, and here they are all looking at their phones, doing their thing, getting you – know, going to Shibuya Crossing. And it became this sort of weirdly reverse thing where it's like I, and I, I could easily be here. There's a lot of beauty here. There's yeah. a lot of beauty in Japan in general, a lot of cool creative stuff because you know, for me, I got lucky being around all the creative section, like being around you know, hip-hop artists, being around chiptune guys and all these kind of you – know, being the weird anime section, talking to these and that. But then you'd go in the subway and you'd just see this like, oh, there's the real world, the soul-crushing part. And I guess it, where it was creative was just the idea of I'm going to take this inspiration back with me and understand that it could be worse in, in my position of things. You know, I kind of get lucky at least doing being able to hobnob with certain people, realizing like, oh, I could be here doing this, you know, really crazy thing. It, it was weird. It was, it was still cool. It was a great trip. I mean, it was 
you know, the the country was beautiful. The it was a uh, if I were to go again, I probably wouldn't go in September because it's way too humid. Um, but it was definitely a, a very very cool experience to so go to. It's kind of like when you were seeing that sort of monotonous uh, monotony of, of the workday. It, it, it would be compared to someone from maybe Japan coming out to LA and getting stuck on the four hundred five. Maybe I mean because the thing is, is what's interesting, and and I, I usually like to do this uh, when I go on on abroad trips. Like when I went to France in, in college, we'd, we were given a free day, sort of a day that we could do whatever. And I walked around Paris on my own, kind of tripping around the subway, just to kind of see what life is like on a normal day. Uh, and when we went to Japan, it was during September school had already kicked in. So we got to see a lot of, of Japan and Tokyo and, and Osaka and Hiroshima on normal days, you know, for them, it's just a, it's a Wednesday, it's a Tuesday, whatever. Um, but it was interesting just to see, um, you know, cause again, when we think of Japan, you always, everyone sort of thinks of Akihabara. They think of all this tech stuff. They think of, of Shibuya crossing. They think of even like, you know, uh, you know, Harajuku, they think of certain aspects of the country. Um, but when you kind of walk around, like when you go to, I think it's, um, Mitaka where, uh, the Ghibli museum is and you realize there's like, there's certain areas that are just kind of a little bit sleepy that, that, that these seem like the coolest places to be because the minute you kind of go closer and closer to the city, it becomes this weird sea of people that is hard to really comprehend as to what's going on and, and everyone's sort of doing their own thing. And that's totally cool. But it was just, it was strange just to see, because again, I'm used to seeing business guys. I'm used to seeing that happen, you know, in, in the day to day job and day to day stuff like that. But it's weird to see just this force of that and, and to go and to realize that, you know, a lot of the people that I tend to hop and tend to relate to that are in Japan or that are elsewhere is this entirely different force of, of whether it be creatives, whether it be independent musicians. And again, I, I got a little bit lucky and a bit spoiled being being around other musicians and other kind of people who are into that when I went to visit. So I got a little bit, you know, an entirely different side of things. But to see that contrast was just, just this, you know, very much what, you know, what was the norm. It was never an, an, an un, weird. It was weird to me just because I'd see it. But it was the normal thing of like, oh, Japanese businessmen coming back from drinking. Oh, you know, some, you know, going back from work. And you'd see, and, and the thing is, it'd be weird just seeing the same kind of clothing. It wasn't just like, oh, they're all wearing like a white shirt and this sort of thing. It was like this uniform that they didn't have to work at the same business. They could have worked at separate places. They might have just worked in the same building for all I know, but became the sort of uh, the same thing. And, and the only reason I bring it up is because, you know, like I said beforehand, I, I saw this documentary, uh, Branchy Paths, and you know, you hear in the documentary the guy, the kids are just like uh, these indie developers, like or two are like who don't want to be that, who don't want to kind of come into that, even though that's the norm and that's sort of mm-hmm. the conformity. Uh, you know, as cool as Japan is, there's a lot of uh, pressure to conform uh, in certain ways. You know, just kind of you know, you toe the line, be this, be that. Don't don't rock the boat, so to speak. It's kind of what what uh, kind of keeps Japan in certain ways and kind of hurts Japan in certain ways um, where that's, it's, it's sort of the pressure to do that, you know, not, not to go too crazy, not to go this way, even though they're, you know, every, you know, you go places or weirdos everywhere. Um, but it was weird to be able to see kind of both sides as I was experiencing going, okay, I see where I would fit in here. I see where I would hate to be and knowing, and the, the funny thing is the only reason I bring it up is that prior to going there about maybe, I'd like to say before I moved to Austin, like six or so years ago, I tried to apply for a job in Japan, um, specifically nice. teach English. And it would have been a place where I would have been required to wear, you know, that kind of get up. 
And, you know, I completely bombed the interview and I was totally fine with it. But it was interesting going there now and realizing that if things had gone differently, I would have been in that position and that I wouldn't have been the guy then to get to Japan. I'll go very quickly. I'm not going to take much time from this, but um, there, one of my uh, very first podcasts that I listened to back when podcasts started, started and were up on iTunes and that, that became a thing was a show called Tokyo Calling. And it was um, a guy who was an American who went to Japan to teach English. Yeah. He, bra- he bragged that he was the first Jap- Jam, uh, Japanese podcast. Um, did, were you familiar with that podcast? No, I was not, but that sounds interesting. I've been looking for old cop, old uh, recordings of it, but it was so good. I know that I have them on an iPod somewhere, but it, it's, it's a real good insight of, of an American going to a movie. Anyways, okay, go, let's move on. But, um, you know, I did, I did follow your, uh, your tweets, and, uh, and also I listened to your episode of 8-Bit Live with your friend, of mm-hmm. Clarissa? Or... Correct. Okay, yeah. And you were planning the uh, trip, and you talked a lot about food. Um, what kind of great food did you have? You didn't just go to McDonald's. <laughs> no, I did not, even though McDonald's there. Even though McDonald's, I did go to a McDonald's because I had to, I had to know. Well, because like, and I'll, I'll tell you why I went to McDonald's, and this is sort of a leads up to another story. But at one point, we're in, we're in Akihabara. We saw an ad for, um, you know, and then the subway for Hooters. And, and my, my, my friend Claudia was like, why would we go to Hooters? I said, like, I'd be curious to go to Hooters in Japan. I'm so curious. Well, because it was more of the idea, I'm so curious what – how do you pitch Hooters to the Japanese audience? What do you do? And and I think it's like once I explain it, it's like very American cowboy. Well, I don't know, and that's the thing I don't quite understand because like it's such a weird thing we talk about marketing in different countries and different sort of things. That's sort of why as I was watching television there, just you know, it was at the night as we're sort of just we're done with the day, and I was in my my hotel room, just I like, flipped on the television, and you see all these like weird television programs in Japan in general, but you don't quite know what they're trying to trying to pitch or what they're trying to say. Because they're they're appealing to another audience and it's a different language anyway, so you're you're never gonna understand it. But just like you know, so my brain always goes like, how do you pitch Hooters to America to, to Japanese? What what special dishes do you have there at the Hooters Japan Tokyo that you don't have in Hooters America? Because uh, there you'd see KFCs, we'd see like we saw Taco Bell. My brain goes like, how do you? What what item do you make that appeals to that audience? Um, but typically, when it came to food, it it became the sort of thing of. We'd almost kind of walk around, and if we saw something we wanted to eat, we would go. We had certain, I had certain kind of missions of things, and and I'd had sushi at certain places that were really good. I had some ramen that was really good, um, but like a lot of times when it came to food, like the most interesting thing of it is that like even Seven Elevens have good food there. Um, like even seven, like Seven Elevens in Japan are are like I told my friend Claudia this. I said in the interview, and I think I even told her this like, after the fact. I said this is going to blow your mind, but the bank we're going to use the most of, and the ATMs we're going to use the most of, are at Seven Elevens, and they're owned by Seven Eleven. They're Seven Bank because it's the one that accepts international cards. She's like Seven Eleven has a bank. I go, yep. Wait till you see this. Um, and you know we go to Seven Eleven, and they have like high quality food, rice balls, sushi. Uh, you know, kind of pre-made stuff, but it was like really upper-level stuff, bento box stuff. And it, it's sort of the, the trick of Japan is that no matter where you really go, whether it be just the hole-in-the-wall place you pick up to the, you know, whatever, I don't think I had a bad meal. I think like the low – I think like even the lowest quality meal I had was was great. Um, but a lot of ramen, a lot of sushi, a lot of that kind of stuff, just, you know, eating of what the locals there eat, so to speak, rice balls, things like that. Excellent, excellent. I'm so jealous. So how different was the McDonald's? Do they have any different items that you um, the interesting I think the, the, the big takeaways one you can get beer at a McDonald's and I think it's an important thing. Um 
a lot of other kind of strange stuff, you know, promotional stuff. But for the most part, they had everything else there that that was there. They put a lot of egg on burgers, which to me is I like, but I know some Americans may not dig that a lot. Um, but there was really nothing, nothing completely out of the ordinary that <clears throat> that I don't th- I think could be in America. I mean, that's what was interesting when you go there and you see these menu items. And you're like, why won't these? Why couldn't this be in America? And then you realize, oh wait, that's right, because you have to when you make American dish, you have to sort of figure out like what's going to be the the normal for everything. So you also mentioned that you didn't want to, and I think you may have mentioned it to me when the last time we recorded our House of Guards episode. Uh, that you were going to try not to do too many touristy stuff, but there's there was there was a sort of a standard of. There are certain touristy things I wanted to do. Yeah, um, one at, yourself uh, if you didn't. Right, well, because we're we're spending so, we we'd spent like five days in in Tokyo and then spent four days in Osaka and then one day back in Tokyo and then flying back home. Um, and I knew Osaka like I knew I wanted to hit up Hiroshima and visit the Peace Memorial. That was a very very important thing to me. Um, but after, but I ultimately wanted to kind of play a lot of it by ear, uh, only because a lot of what I tend to enjoy when going to a town is sort of just experience it. And 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 that you know that being said, like I had my own kind of missions, and my friend Claudia had her own kind of missions. I think she ended up getting a tattoo at a really cool place that we found in in in. Um, I don't know, it wasn't Yokohama. I forget exactly where it was. Uh, it's where the venue was for, for that. But we, we'd gone there, and she'd got her tattoo at the place. And, you know, we went to the gym museum. And so there's certain things I wanted to do. But anything I wanted to do were things like I had to set up ahead of time. Like I had, like, I bought early tickets early for the gym museum because they sell up really quickly. In fact, when we went there, they sold all their tickets for that day. So, uh-huh. you know. Well, because they sell it three months in advance. So it was, you know, there's certain things that, like, that were important that I had to line up. But beyond that, I kind of want to play it really by ear because I didn't really want to have a set. I have to be here. I have to be there. I have to do this sort of thing. And and, and even a lot of it for me, and we still did a lot of cool stuff, uh, it became this, like, you know, it became way more fun when it was like, hey, have you gone, you know, especially with my, fr- my, my friends who were there asking, hey, have you seen this yet? Have you gone here? And it's like, well, you guys are going there tomorrow. Cool. We'll meet you up there because because we had set up in a way where we didn't have a set schedule. We could meet up places and, you know, we end up going to Odaiba uh, where there, there's this giant life size Gundam, which is like, that's kind of cool. And, you know, we you know, we'd, we'd walked around uh, Kyoto trying to get to a manga museum that was closed on Wednesdays. But as we're walking there, we end up somehow finding our way to the world's largest Domokun, which is like that giant kind of brown boxy thing that you see. Uh, basically the NHK, thank, Mr. Thank You, uh, if you will. Uh, and so we took a picture. Again, so a lot of it became that. I mean, there were, again, certain things I needed to hit. Like I needed to go to the Peace Memorial. That was a requirement. I needed to at least visit the temple, and there's really famous ones in Kyoto. So a lot of it just became this thing of of I knew what I needed to do. And and those are things that were very easy to do, like, you know, hit up Super Potato to buy all of my mother copies and whatnot and doing those weird kind of geeky, nerdy things. But then notice, noting that by having the ability to just say, let's go here. Let's let's see what's over there. Let's go down because we went to the where the venue was um, early on during the day on, on Saturday. And my friend Claudia found like the, the kind of bar she's always wanted to go to where it's just like it, the, it's literally the, the there's support crates that are like the the, ta- the chairs and there's like the part of the table is like this little you know whatever the hell they have and she's just ordering beer and food and this is like her 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 kind of dream sort of place to chill at and she found some really cool clothing stores you know so by setting it up in a way of not having 
any like we had to be here at this time we had to be here at this time it became the kind of vacation i've always wanted and the kind of thing of that especially just you know being able to trip around like i think i think one of the more personal ones for me we had uh gone to this temple in kyoto i forgot the name of it uh it's one of the famous ones i guarantee you've seen pictures of like all the gates and whatnot and i'll look it up in a second but i started walking towards the top of the mountain i didn't end up getting that far and i feel kind of bad that i didn't i kind of had to back away because like I, I left my friend sort of abandoned her as i kept walking up and up and and she kind of faded to the side and and I was like, I, I realized like I was like, I'm almost at the top of the mountain, you know, almost there. And I kind of got lost. It's like, I don't know where to go next. I don't know which way's further up. And so I was kind of getting scared of just that. But it was, it was still a very fun moment for me because it was something that I needed to kind of do. I had not walked in a while and, and it was like that kind of walk I needed to have. And it was, it, a lot of it was just that was sort of being surreal and sort of experiencing everything. You also, I, I noticed that you, uh, you were blogging about, well, you didn't, you didn't really say much. Um, about your trip on this blog. Uh, let me see if I can bring it up. But Yeah, because I wrote a, a, a quick Medium post because the thing is, is that when I started writing a lot of these posts out there, I was like, a lot of this is going to be – that's that's, just, that's the, the shrine I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, right, of course. Um, and, and I probably wrote the name of it there, and that's that's in, that's in Hiroshima and Kyoto and sort of like, – because ultimately a lot of my thoughts will probably come up in, in interviews like this and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. And the real funny thing about Japan is everyone always talks about – <laughs> at the, at the, the 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 giant because everyone talks about in japan that it's so like like one of the the concepts and this is what my friend claudia was and we talked about it after this you know after the fact we're done with this trip you know i talked with her on the plane and in, in dallas um to a lot of people a lot of my friends uh going to japan is the pipe dream it is the thing is man that would be swell one day right, right. that would be a cool thing to happen one day mm-hmm. if only if only things could line up that way and as I was planning, as I came to the point, because it really, you know, I said before the interview, originally I was going with my, well, my, my friends and, and they couldn't make it for, for other reasons. And I came to the point of, well, do I just do it alone? Because if I keep waiting for other people to be in the exact same situation I am in and in, in the, the willingness to do this, I'm never going to do it. And I said, well, okay, I'm going myself. And then I post on Facebook saying, hey, if anyone wants to come along, let me know. Um, and that's when my friend Claudia chipped in. That's when I found about the, the performance in September. And then everything kind of lined up and even lined up even more so. Um, it became actually a, a way a way more interesting trip than it had been, uh, I think, had I gone alone. Um, but that's, a, that's actually a smart idea if you, if you could find someone who's agreeable that – um, well, because a lot of a lot of the problem, and this is where it really becomes important, because everyone talks about this as it's a pipe dream, um, and that it's really hard to do. And I told my friend Claudia, and we we're, were planning this trip, and, and she agreed with, at, at the end of it all that this was the truthful. That the hardest part about the trip, and I said the hardest part, meaning that it, it's so easy to do this, but it, comparatively, the hardest part of this trip is going to be getting your passport. Mm-hmm. If you don't have your passport, go get that yesterday yeah i yeah, love I, that discussion and if you guys have not listened to a bit life go listen to it uh but i love that that uh she was basically told ah don't worry you could do it and she comes to find out she, she had to get there a couple of hours early yep. before they yep. opened and, yep uh, yeah like get your passport once you've got because i'll take because the, the thing is passports you can't speed up you can pay a little bit more money to speed it up you can maybe get it to go fast if you have a ticket but there's no guarantee so get that out of the way. Once you have your passport, everything else becomes very, very easy. In that all becomes is, is planning. All becomes is saying, okay, 
well, I'm going to go to Japan. I want to go to Japan, you know, this country, whether it be Japan, Germany, the UK, wherever in the world you want to go from the States or vice versa. I want to go here at this time. Okay. What do I need to do? Well, it's, I need to get a visa. Okay. Well, how do I go get a visa? All right. Well, I go, you know, like we're going to Australia. It's like, well, I need to get a visa because there's certain reasons. Okay. Well, how do I get a visa? Well, here's where you go. Here's where you fill the forms are. Here's what you need. And, and then it's like, how much money do I pay? Are you going to pay this one? Fine. How much do I pay it by when? Okay, cool. And how much money does it cost for a hotel? How much is it? It becomes sort of budgeting. And then you have this, this grand total of, of a number of value for tickets and everything. And you go, okay, how much money a day do I need to put away? How much money a day? Because people can think about it. You know, it's hard to think about things further, further than a year sometimes. Even for some people, that's where you get, people get hung up. But if you think of the idea of like, all right, how much in a month do I have to put away? How many, how, much, how many dollars a day do I need to put away somewhere that I can't touch it that's there? You know, it's like, okay, I need about 15, you know, 12, $15 a day. Well, it's not so bad. I can do that. Okay. That means a week I have this much money and that means in a month I should have this much money. And, I, and you start planning accordingly. You start figuring out how to get that money. And it becomes sort of this idea of like, uh, as you see the growth going, it's like, wow, I saved $500. Cool. All right. So I need only three, you know, 3,500 to go. Okay, cool. Then I, then I can do this. You know what? I don't need that, that video game today. I could, I can buy that later. Let me put more money aside. And it becomes this sort of thing that you can start tracking and see, uh, as it grows and grows and grows. And, and then you get to the point when, when you, you're, you're about a month off and you realize you saved up your money last month. Now you realize you already hit your goal uh, three months ago, and that you have the money, and you and you tra- you bought the ticket on time and cheap because you watched the prices, and you figured out when to buy it, and you learned you researched when when the off season was, which cheaper, and you look you know you found the, ho- the hotel site to buy to book some stuff, and J- in like, like Japan, there's a site called uh, Japanikin that you can book like travel packages and whatnot. It's actually run by one of the biggest. Uh, travel companies in Japan, uh, JTB. Uh, that's actually where you buy things like uh, like this, the Japanese Rail Pass. As a foreigner, you get like access to all the um, uh, rail system trains and whatnot. Makes them super is, that, is that a pretty fair price for those? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. very it, – it's, 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 it's like you get to ride the bullet train for like prices that, that Japanese people would dream of, of doing, and it's very truthful. Um, and it's like you basically pay like $200. Thank you. Uh, so the bullet train – basically with the JR Pass, you can ride any JR train for the most part, and that, that includes the – the Shinkansen or the bullet trains as we know them as. Um, so you could ride it from like – you could go up north if you wanted to from Tokyo. You could go west. You could go wherever the hell you want. And there's like there's like one week, two week, I think three week, the three passes you can pay for. And basically like the price is, is, is ridiculous uh, and it makes things super goddamn easy. That's great. Um, but yeah, so a lot of it become, became this sort of thing as I realized I was like this is not hard. The hard part is just is, is, is planning it, and that's not, not really hard. It just takes research, and that takes dedication. And when we're done with the trip, you know, as we're flying back, um, you know, as we're landing in, you know, into Austin, into Dallas Airport, we're done with it. We're talking, kind of chit-chatting. Um, I think we're at that. I think we're actually flying to Austin. I tell her, you know, now you've learned this. Now you've learned how all this stuff works and how relatively easy it is. It just requires you to kind of think it out and plan it out because she was like very grateful that that uh, I, I proved it because she stayed on budget. She she tracked her money well. She did everything that she had planned to do, and she was like, "Wow, this was way easier than I thought it was." And it, and when you realize those sort of things, especially when it comes to trips, because a lot of people put again, Japan to a lot of people is the pipe dream. You know, it's like you went to Japan. That's insane. How did you do that? And I and I and I want to tell people it's not hard because it's. When I say it's not hard, I mean it's not the kind of thing that is the, in the realm of impossible. It's it's actually very very possible to the point that 
all it takes is you to say, all right, I need this, you know, and again, it, it, everyone's financial situations are different. I'm not going to lie and say that else, you know, else wise. And yes, it does cost a lot of money, but not, it didn't cost as much as it cost as just as much as a vacation would have been had I spent 10 days someplace and not, you know, been making money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and like food wasn't anywhere different cost than it was here. It wasn't more expensive. It wasn't anything less. In fact, if you ate like a local, you, we, we spent like nothing on food. Um, and it was good food and it was, it was plentiful food. You know, it wasn't like anything insane. Um, like I said, seven elevens were like, like you could buy a meal for like six, seven bucks, you know, after exchange rate. And it was a good, you know, meal. And it was out of seven eleven like pre cooked thing, which sounds bizarre, but it's good. No, I, I, I understand. I'm sure it's not the same burrito, hot dog and all. No, no. And, and, and I say eat like a local, I mean, you know, if, if you're eating like rice and sushi and stuff like that, like, like, you know. You know, eat eat like a local in terms of like what your you know what cuisine is going to be there. But the big and and subways aren't much expensive. And like uh, it was a, again, the big takeaway though was that because uh, even I went there and my parents gave me some 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 uh, spending money. That after the trip was done, I didn't spend any of it. Uh, in other words, I had basically spent the money that I had budgeted out wow. Wow. without trying to do that. Like I, I keep track of my budget, keep track of things. But as I got down the trip, I was like. I spent everything I had pl- originally planned to spend in in Japan. Like everything I had spent pl- everything, and then probably ended up calling someone and getting a wire transfer. <laughs> right, but that's why. And the thing is, a lot of it becomes this again tracking and 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 balancing. And I learned, you know, all of this throughout the process. Like I used a piece of software to kind of help save money uh, that I love called Capital. Um, it's an app on i on iOS and, and Android. That like you can set up an account somewhere and like save money to it, but there's other sign of saving apps as well. But the really, but you don't, you don't necessarily need to do that either. The idea being that you figure out how much money you're going to need, and that includes things like you know like and I overcompensated for for things like food. I overcompensated for things like local transportation. I overcompensated for a lot of these other things. I probably spent more money on buying stuff than I than I did on any of those other things. Um, and you and and, and to each one you can budget however you, you see fit. Because ultimately, the bottom line was it's not a hard trip to do, and you'd be amazed when it comes to talking to other people how effective knowing, please, sorry, yes, no, and excuse me are in a language, and then how effective it is to to, point to everything else. Yes, you'd be be surprised, and that's sort of what it was in Japan because everything – every sign was in English. All the JR and subway trains would, would announce now stopping at this station, whatever. And, 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 you know, if you pay attention to certain things and read certain things, if you're good at navigation, you're fine. If you have data, it's even better. I would recommend going with an unlocked phone or renting a Wi-Fi point. Those things are, are, are invaluable uh, to have. Uh, we had actually bumped into some people at uh, the Sega City before we went to Super Potato that were Americans from Florida, amazing couple. Um, and, uh, and we're just chit chatting and they had a pocket Wi-Fi. and they're like, this is great. And I was like, yep, that's, we have it. I have a data, you know, rented data thing. And even at my, my friend Claudia, she actually, uh, had used her T-Mobile connection perfectly fine. And, um, I was talking to, um, uh, yeah, I was talking with, with uh, Tom Merritt. I got the chance to actually meet up because he was in Tokyo as well, uh, on Friday and he was on Google Fi and he said it worked out perfect. It actually worked out better in Japan than it worked in, in, in Korea, South Korea of all places. Um, but yeah, none of these sort of things are. And the only reason I say, you know, I don't. You know, this is me saying Japan is great. But if your mission's go like, I want to go to Germany, I want to go to you know the UK, I want to travel these places. None of it is impossible. The hardest part about any of those travels, if you don't have your passport already, um, get that, get that taken care of. Because again, just to make sure that I mean, even if you think, well, you know what, there's no way I can afford an international travel. 
um, at this point. Just get one anyways. Yeah, no, get your passport. Because if something yeah. comes up and yeah. you can't do it and it takes you four yeah, months. Yeah, get, get, your, get your passport already taken care of. If you haven't done that already, for any reason, take care of it. In the last 10 years, it's, 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 it's easy. It's, I say it's the hardest thing you'll do, but it's, it's easy. I say it's hard because, again, you just can't speed it up. You just can't get it go faster. You have to you do that. And once you're in the system, it becomes easier to renew. Like when you get it, you have to definitely get your uh, – at least in the States. I don't know where, if it's the same elsewhere, but I imagine so because ultimately the passport from the country, I've always, I've always taken that as this is the hardest of hardcore credentials you'll ever have, and this is the most vetted you'll, you'll get for a while unless you start doing some really crazy stuff. Because um, you have to bring your birth certificate and another form of ID and you have to do all this stuff. So get that taken care of no matter what. Um, because once you get that taken care of, you're about 67% of the way there. And then um, once you've done the trip, yeah. you know yeah. that it's easy to do. And then you've got it yep. in your mind. Hey, yep. I'm going to go next time yeah. myself and I'm exactly. going to – yeah, the other part. And and there are and, and what's great about that if you look up sites like Japanican, the reason I bring them up is because they're kind of there's other tourism what sites for sure. But there are other other sites there too. There's other resources out there. Like like one of the major sites I hit up a lot um, for budgeting and for kind of planning was a site called Japan-Guide.com, and they go over all the things from like this what this little Suica card is and what the IC cards work out and how the budget. Out. They even explain when you should get a JR pass and when you shouldn't get a JR pass. Like in other words, uh, basically they say if you're going from Tokyo, if you're at least going from Tokyo to Osaka and then back to Tokyo, then you're good because you've at least paid for what a trip would have been for that uh, and gotten a good discount on that. Uh, and if you were going elsewhere, for sure, get one. But if you're like staying in Tokyo, like this is totally utterly useless in Tokyo to have only because it's a waste of money because you're not going to spend $200 on subway trains at all. Oh, uh, but, it, but the thing is, again, it, it all becomes – planning and all becomes of what you want and again the, the last thing i told uh, uh claudia this and, and she learned this as we we're there and it's a big thing to note about trips but the big thing about anything uh is you're never going to see it all no matter what you do uh in fact we we stayed in tokyo five days when if i go back to japan i say if meaning probably next, next two years i'm going to plan to go again before the the olympics kick off uh i'm going to probably spend 10 days in tokyo uh alone and just call that my vacation because there's a lot of stuff in Tokyo that I missed that I want to check out, um, but you learned that, you know, and I knew that I wasn't going to see it all, and that was just going to be my, my experience. Um, but yeah, it's none of these things are, are are pipe dreams in the way that you think they're pipe dreams. Um, they're all very possible. They they just require a, a little bit of planning and a little bit of that and, and a little bit of research, and, and the beauty part is – you know, like even even one of the, the better timers up. So I'll make this my last point. Uh, even when it came to like the, the one of the better sites in planning this was, uh, I think it was the state was was travel.state.gov, our own our own country's website. It's actually a really good resource for like giving you the, the lowdown of the country you're planning to go to, from crime rate to to security to also a big thing to note, especially when you go to international countries, where all the embassies are. Uh, I never have to do that, but you never know, and it's you good to have it. You never know. I've had three friends go to uh, some a place in Europe and get robbed and had yep. everything stolen, and yep. they needed to go to the embassy. Yep. Um, and, and they were all traveling alone. So have have that information on you, and again, you know, be a savvy traveler, you know, and all that stuff becomes that. But when it comes to planning those things, just research, 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 and 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 then making the call of like, well, do I really want to go? Is it worth that kind of money? And then you know, looking at you know, within that research, looking at like. Well, when is it cheap to go? When is it expensive to go? Like in Japan, it's like you may not want to go in August or May during Golden Week or Oban. Uh, but you may want to go during like November because of this sort of thing. And, and it becomes all research and planning and then what, you know, what you're willing to spend. That's all. Excellent. Excellent. Thanks so much for taking your time. I know you've had a busy day. 
No, it's all good. I was very much looking forward to hearing your... <laughs> I, I, mean, I could hear more, but we're out of time. Totally out. Uh, but uh, where can uh, people find you? And hear- oh, um, I'm easy to find. You can find me on Twitter, at Vincent404, and just head to CosmicRadio.tv and listen to whatever, 8-Bit Life is on there, about stuff like that. There's, there's, there's the episode accordingly if you want to see it there. But uh, again, it's a cool. It was a fun, fun time, and and I was glad that I, I got to go. I, you know, I was like, I was like planning on going, so it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm glad my friend uh, Claudia got to go because I think that's um, to her that was the 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 crazy thing because she was not she was not like when she when it came up and when she was planning and when she was done she was like this is easy like she was she was gung ho of like coming back again. Uh, and coming with her family, and then realizing that she could pl- that again the, the the wisdom I impart uh, on all this, and the reason I say I don't say Japan is it, again for a lot of people who go to Japan that was my kind of goal, but that doesn't mean the same knowledge doesn't apply to anywhere else in the world. Just pick even if it's a local city, even if it's going to Boston or going to you know you know Seattle or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Figuring the you know researching that stuff, looking for plane you know all that stuff. Just become saying again. I want to go at this time. How much money do I need? How you know? And then breaking it down on a, on a daily. The only reason daily is because people can, can can conceive a day. You know, people can say, "Oh, it's twenty bucks a day." Okay, cool. Well, I spend that much much on lunch for for work. Okay, well maybe I'll bring lunch. You know, and it's it's those sort of things of thinking about it. And once you kind of break it down into smaller components, everything's easy. Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so much, Roberto. Cool. And uh, I'm not sure when the next episode will be of the show, but <laughs> it will be sometime. And um, and there will be another cool, creative person talking cool stuff. <laughs> All right. Until later next time. Bye. Bye. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>